Hey there, welcome to the Healthy Vibes podcast. Today on the podcast, I have a super intriguing interview with Rachel Swanson. She's an author turned real estate investor, and she takes us along on her entire journey from how it started, how it's going, and all the in-betweens. It's so interesting, and she really opens up her book and tells us so much. So if you have any interest, please sit back and listen up. Here we go. All right, Rachel, thank you so much for being here today on our podcast. I'm so excited to have some time with you. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Kelly. Absolutely. Um, I love your path and and your journey, and I've been following you for a long time, but um, I would love for you, in your own words, to kind of maybe just tell the audience a little bit about um, kind of where you were and how you've gotten to where you are now, just a, a little bit to, to lay the groundwork for them. Absolutely. Yes. Well, again, I'm just honored. I mean, not everybody will always follow people through all the transitions, especially when sometimes you um, you have one kind of passion or thing that you're doing and then you transition to, transition to something that sounds pretty different, right? And yet I, I love that um, you continue to follow along and it's something that you also are very interested in, it sounds like. So um, so yeah, my, my story, my history, um, I mean, first and foremost, I was um, I guess it, I go back to career wise, you know, but, but uh, I was a dental hygienist for like seven years. My husband and I got married 17 years ago. Um, I have three kids. My twin boys are 11. I almost said the wrong name, the wrong, uh, wrong year. I'm like, no, they're 11 now. And my daughter is 10. So I smashed them in. And after once they got um, once they were little, like once they were born and after my had my I had my daughter, that's when I really started to get into back in the day, like the blogging space. That was like back in 2011 to, you know, 2016, I was um, really engaged in, in writing. And I, I never really thought of myself as a writer, to be honest. It was just something I, I think I just started sharing and hoping that it would connect with some people or just almost kind of like a journaling type of thing initially. And then it just kind of grew and blossomed into... Uh, a, a writing career where I launched a best-selling book. Um, it was crazy. Uh, it was called Big A Little Coloring Devotional. And so it's like where you sit with your kids and you do devotions and color. And it was really just burst out of my own desire for something like that. And I looked and there wasn't anything out there like that. So, you know, I created it and it was great. And then it led to several other book contracts and um, all of a sudden just kind of launched me into this world where I was online and doing writing and speaking. And then I started like a coaching program for writers. And so, yeah, it just kind of took a life of its own. Right. And, uh, and so I was doing that and continuing to think that this is what I'm going to do. And it was doing really well, even up until about 2018. Um, that's when we, felt like, okay, maybe we can, you know, do this where my husband can pull back from his career. Now, at that time, um, for the last couple of years before that, my husband had been really in a very successful career. He even still was up until 2018, but he was feeling a lot of burnout. Um, he was just really struggling to stay motivated. The stress of the job was just really getting to him. We lived in the Southern California area and things are really expensive there, you know? So um, it's one of those, you know, we just really relied on his income. And 
But when we started to think through, okay, you know, mental health obviously is, is so important. And I want my husband to have joy and I want him to enjoy what he's doing. And we, we were really considering, okay, you need to have a change of careers. But we knew if we, if he did that, we would definitely not be able to afford to live where we were. So um, at that time, we started to consider moving, you know, to a either cheaper area of California or even now moving out of state. And at the time, then my business was growing so well and doing so well. I was like, you know what? I think we can do this. Um, we did have some savings, so we weren't just like pulling the plug and had no um, parachute to help us. But because I, I wouldn't recommend that. But um, so we we did decide in 2018. Okay, um, we're going to make a big shift. And he quit his job, um, kind of taking in a sense that so it was going to be like a leave of absence. But then it just was, you know, he was like, no, let's just do this. Um, we got an RV. There was a lot of things moving and shifting at the time. Like we, we were thinking we were going to be traveling around the country in an RV and all these different things. And then sure enough, it was just kind of like God led us to uh, this opportunity in Idaho in a rural town outside of Boise. And so I thought, okay, I think this is it. So we moved um, to this small town in Idaho um, and my husband had quit his job. I was doing full-time my writing, speaking, that sort of thing. And it was doing great. And in 2019, I did that. And he was taking over doing Mr. Mom a lot. <laughs> and then also helping with this kind of business partnership adventure that we were um, pursuing at that time. And unfortunately, things just really started to fall apart when it came to um, that opportunity. And... By the end of 2019, also, my business was um, really starting to, there was a few things showing signs that I was like, I think it's not doing as well. And um, but I just kept pushing as well as it was, I was really on the verge of burnout myself. Um, I think I created a, a business that I didn't realize was so much harder. Like right. I was literally putting 80 plus hours a week. I was always gone in the evenings doing coaching and not being able to connect with my kids or my husband. And I started to look back and I thought, what did I just do? Like, what did I create for myself? Like, I thought I was creating this, this path where we were going to have more breathing room and I could pursue my passion. And what was initially a passion became something that just felt like it was, it was not what I, I anticipated to be, you know, gotcha. and, and it really became this burden you know, passion became the burden. And so then when 2020 hit, I was literally just launching about to launch something and the world shut down, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. and it was like, oh my gosh. And I had a book that I was already pitching with publishers and they put everything on hold. They're like, we're not doing any contracts. We're not doing, and all my speaking engagements got canceled. Like everything got canceled. Thankfully, um, a few months before that, my husband did kind of feel like, you know, I'm feeling like I need to go back to work. I'm, 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 I think I could go to the same company, but it's a different position. I'm basically demoting myself twice. <laughs> and he's like, I, I kind of liked this idea or this kind of avenue of this, this department, which I think it could be good. And it would give us a little more stability. And he's like, I just like the idea of going back to work a little bit. And I said, okay, I think that's good. So we did that, not knowing that in a few months, um, my business was going to fall apart. And so thank the Lord really that that, that right. we did 
have that job because it, it's what um, kind of kept us afloat. Although at that time, um, you know, I still like there was a lack of obviously income. And I mean, we did rely on having a little bit of that extra income, even with his job, we still needed a little bit of extra. And long story short, that's when um, we kind of became accidental landlords. So that's where it started to morph into this real estate journey and real estate business. And it's where, you know, we are today, just um, in a place where uh, now I have heard my husband and, you know, he doesn't have to work in his career anymore. We make more money than we did before and way less hours, which is amazing. But in order to get there, um, it really was this uh, instance where we, we actually, after we moved to Idaho for, um, you know, that next year. So we, we, we went to Idaho. We didn't have a house initially. We thought we were going to be in the RV, but that wasn't going to work out. So we bought a house. It wasn't like a forever house. I don't even know. I don't even like that word anymore. Like your forever house. Right, <laughs> right. I don't really know if that's ever going to happen. Um, because my, I sold my forever house that was in California. So I was like, you know, um, so we bought a house that I just, I knew I was like, okay, this is a good area. It looks pretty good. We can with, and, and the other thing, side note, my husband and I, or my husband, he's always been very good at putting sweat equity into all of our homes. And he, we've always just enjoyed, you know, making them nicer, making more functional, um, just, you know, adding some updates. So to us, that was very much what we just always have done. Um, so this next one, it was like, okay, it just needs like a little facelift in the kitchen and a few other things, some paint, whatever, uh, we can make this nice. And so we bought that one. And then in a month or in a year later, about 12 months later, that's when I was like, oh no, this is the one I want. Like I saw another house and I really wanted it. And it really did feel like another, like so many instances. I, I know I'm not saying this enough, but there were so many instances, like God instances of just God leading in this and confirming and just lining up things where I'm like, okay, I really believe this is where God's leading. And same thing with this next house. It just felt like God was leading. It had this, um, it was really big. It had a finished basement that also had a kitchen net, which we were able to add like a full kitchen down there. And we rented that out because there was a family that had moved and it was coming into the December or like the, the cold season. Right. And it, I mean, in Idaho, if you're in an RV in the freezing climate, it's like you have to really prepare. And they were having issues with their water and issues with like their heat. And um, and we just really felt kind of put it on. I mean, we didn't even know them that well, but we just felt like, you know, I feel like God's telling us to bring them in. I mean, we'd still charge a rent, but maybe rent out the bottom half for now, um, which could help us also financially, right? So right. we bought this house but the other thing we also did is we were trying to sell the other one that we were living in and it was not selling and there was no reason it should have not sold like everybody loved it and we we're just like why is it not selling and so sure enough i was like well maybe there's a way we can just hold on to it and rent it so we did that we pulled some money out did a special loan which is called a heloc it's like a home equity line of credit pulled out the money that we needed at the time to put down you know on our new home and we rented out the other one. And between that one and the people below, over the next couple months, I started realizing, oh, we're making like an extra $1,500 a month. And it's like, 
pretty easy, right? <laughs> you know, right. Just, these easy tenants and easy, you know, whatever. I thought, wow, this is pretty interesting. And that's again, when 2020 hit, my whole like business fell apart. And at that time I felt like God was saying, you're going to, there's, there's going to be a major pivot. And, um, for the next several months, actually, after that, until the end of 2020, I was really just taking some time. I mean, first of all, I was processing as well as like, all of a sudden my kids were home and I'm like having to, <laughs> you know, do the virtual program school, like all that stuff. So I was very much needed in the home front. And so having though that extra 1500 was crucial because we definitely needed that to kind of keep things afloat. Then by the end of 2020, after seeing some of these, you know, the income and I was just like, and then also seeing how much the equity of our home had already been growing. And now with two homes, it would be, it has been growing in the area. And I thought, Hmm, I wonder if there's something to this real estate thing and rentals. And that's when I started to deep dive into learning all I needed to know about rental real estate. And my mind was literally blown. Like I started reading about all these people and about understanding, um, just how, 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 how really wealthy people become wealthy as well as stay wealthy. And there's certain things in that, that I thought, um, this is, there's something to this. I, I think there's something for us in this. And side note, you know, some people have different opinions about wealth and money and all those things. Um, especially with, if you're like a believer and a Christian and some people are like real nay, nay about some of that kind of stuff. And I, I want to challenge you to really read what the Bible has to say about it because there is actually so much about money and wealth and things like that in the Bible when it comes to what God teaches and what he wants us to do as followers of, of Christ. And so now, and one thing just on a side note, you know, of that is that I, you know, my belief and what I understand the Bible to say is that, um, you know, we, it's all about the heart of, you know, where your heart is with money. Money itself is not good or bad. It has to do with the person that's involved. I know many Christians, many amazing Christians that have a ton of money and ton of wealth and they do incredible things with it, right? And anything you do, I mean, even churches and programs that you see, like, they would not be functional, like sex trafficking, you know, programs, like they would not be functional if it wasn't for some sort of amount of money that they get from others, you know, to pay into that. So you do, I mean, the way that our society and our world works is to really have and, and promote even a lot of the good things, not everything, right. But like so many of the things that are good do require money. And what a what would be a better way than to if you feel like this was really your path and you felt called by God to pursue things that can generate even more money so you can be even more generous and continue to grow his kingdom in that way. So we continue to feel that call and our um yeah, and, and we felt like that was also the path that God just really opened to us or like through real estate investing. Because we did not try to pursue it ourselves. I really feel like it was just given to us and it was like, okay, let's do this. So um, once we did that, then it was like, I really started to dive head in. And I mean, I could get into all the nitty gritties. I think there's a lot more <laughs> if I could share with that. But 
in general, we just started to figure it out. You know, you just start reading, you start reading books and podcasts and learning what these other people were doing um, when it came to rentals and real estate. And again, one of the big things we really wanted to do as well as landlords, we really wanted to make sure that we were good landlords, you know, that we right. were providing safe, wonderful places for people to live and that we were not those slum lords that a lot of people think about. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, I know there's those out there, but I was like, you know, what if we can be one of like, be somebody that's like, we can be something different. And sure enough, I mean, I can't tell you how great of relationships I have with my tenants and how, I mean, so many of them have been like, you, you're, you're, you guys are so different. Like you guys have treated us with so much more respect. You guys are always on top of things when it comes to anything that's, you know, breaks, we get people out there right away. Um, we're very intentional and I feel like this is important for this space is to have more people that come into this space with rentals and real estate that have that kind of heart and really want to change and make a difference in those ways. Um, so much, I, and I don't even want to interrupt you, but no, go for it. There's so much to this story that is good. And I, I don't want to like miss, um, I love, and I love these side notes that you started because I think that's so huge. The looking beyond the, the black and white or, you know, just the investing of how you're doing good in the world. Absolutely. And, and, um, how you're being called. I, I, I love stories of, of, of following God's calling. Cause I do feel like it's there and these are things we pray about and we hope for, but do we always follow them? Cause a, a, many times it's a, it's a different path. It's not the path yeah. we were planning. It's not their traditional path. And so I go back to the beginning. I love that you, you, you switched your path mm -hmm. when it is placed in front of you and I love right. you're you're finding ways to make the kingdom better by your path. And um, so those yeah. are side notes. So thank you for sharing that. And even the the side note about the Bible and money and wealth. And that does make me want to go dive in and look more to look at that. Um, so, so, so good. Let me ask you, because what you've described, I know you've come a long way since where you just paused right there. Sure. Uh, but you sounds like you started with long-term rentals, correct? I did. So we knew the area itself was more um, prime for long-term rentals. And that was just what we felt more comfortable with. And it really didn't have a great short-term or, I don't know, mid-term. It, it was fine if you're closer to the city. But we were literally looking at our small town of Emmett, Idaho. <laughs> and there really isn't a... It's a, it's a bit, much bigger demand for rentals in that area. And so um, that was just an area that we, we saw there was a need as well as we felt like we could fulfill. And so I started, uh, you know, acquiring. I started with my first little junky little property. <laughs> wow. um, I mean, literally we scraped together. You know, we had like basically the little bit of left of our savings after we had depleted so much of it from you know, the move and before and, and anyways, but, um, so we had like 40 or $45,000 and we're like, okay, we can, we can put this in something and it can start cash flowing a little bit and that can be our start. And I started running numbers and I saw this one and it was just this, you know, 1920s craftsman style falling apart, probably like really it wasn't in the, I mean, it was okay. It was livable. It was definitely livable and it wasn't like 
disgusting or anything but you know it's just it was old right it's it's doing it was really in good shape for how old it was it was in good shape but our hope was to like remodel it and all that stuff and but anyways we we got that one and um got it rinsed right away and you know enough it was like at any moment if anything big broke we probably would not have been casually like at all on that one for the year but um god kind of gave us grace i feel like with that first one and I'll, while it barely cash load, it did, right? But it got us started and it gave us the confidence to then move into the next thing, which was the, the thing that really significantly changed our financial situation, um, which I can go into that if you're ready or if you wanted to ask another question about that. Um, was the one you just described in the same area you were in? Yep. Yep. It was just 10 minutes from our house in okay. like the downtown, close to downtown. And um, yeah, we just... You know, we started to manage it ourselves. I decided, you know, if I'm already going to be managing this and managing your rentals, um, we, we didn't have a good property management company in the area. Um, it was, there was one main major one and it was pretty terrible. So we didn't want them to manage it. And we thought, you know what, let's just do it ourselves. It'll save more money. We can learn the process. And then through that, um, I was like, well, I may as well manage a few others if anybody else, you know, wants me to. So I, I, I don't even know how they found me. I think they found me through Google online because I created like a little Google business, you know, for right. management. And these people just found me and they called me and I answered their questions. I told them what I could do. And and again, like I'm one of those just I guess I'm a natural researcher and I love to learn and I will just and I'm one of those I'm not afraid to just, OK, let's just we'll figure this out. So even as they call me and, you know, I'm double checking and trying to see what other property management companies do and their contracts. And then I'm, you know, creating all that and figuring it all out. And, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, but that's how you learn. Right. And, Absolutely. uh, yeah. So we started doing that and then, um, and then, yeah, then we made our next ma- major purchase and that was really through the equity of our home, which a lot of us, maybe if you've had your home for several years, Right. You have some built-in equity, which is, you know, what it's worth now. It's worth more money now. And you have some money sitting in there that you could potentially use to leverage into other rental properties. And while, yes, if you use that money and use a loan and, you know, get debt to put on that and put into something else, you know, those payments will make it kind of go up. The goal is to put it into something else. And even with the next property, you can still bring in more money that covers the debts and gives you some extra. And that's okay. the whole goal. Okay. And, and is that kind mm-hmm. of how you started into this next big step? Yep. Yep. So we, the, the property that we have bought, um, uh, almost two years prior to that, like the one that we were renting out at the bottom half initially for the first year. And then that next year, you know, we didn't have them anymore, but, um, so we, and then we finished out, you know, what, how we wanted the house we were using the whole house but you know that extra little bit went away and we're like hmm, like maybe we need to get some you know get another thing so we at that time actually we did a refinance because again might be a little different now you have to get more creative the interest rates were really low at the time so we were able to refinance at like a 3.25 percent um which is pretty low yeah. and while our payments did go up by about 800 dollars a month um we reinvested it into a property that even with the new loan on that one, we were earning an extra $3,000 a month. Yes, once it was stabilized. Um, so 
obviously, if you do the math, you're still making extra money and it's great. And you're building equity and the tenants are paying down the loan and everything's all good. Um, now, when it comes to debt, uh, you know, we, we are not a huge fan of credit card debt. I think you have to use that very wisely. But when it comes to real estate, we do feel like that is a, again, you got to be careful not to over leverage and you got to be wise with it. But we do feel like, and there's places in the Bible where it looks like God even talks about being careful with debt, but he never says like, you cannot get into debt. Like when it comes to these types of things, um, he just says, be careful because that can be a burden. And yeah, you know, it can be, and it, it definitely is if you're not doing it right. So, you know, our whole goal is to make sure always we get into rentals that cover everything plus gives us extra and extra cushion and extra cash flow. And that's how you do it well. That's how you do it right. That's how it, it's also tied to collapse, like tied to an actual physical asset, right? So right. worst case scenarios, we always look at like, okay, how, how, like if this doesn't work out or we're not doing well, could we still sell it and pay off the loan and still not like, you know, go under or whatever. And yeah, those are always the things that you need to think through when it comes to real estate and leveraging debt and those things, sorts of things. But yeah, so we, we, we pursued this um, unique property where we converted a as an assisted living home into what's considered like a co-living community, which is basically like you're renting out by the room. And so in that area, so this was actually closer to Boise and we could see that there was a much stronger need, especially because um, that area itself has got, even now it's just going up and like the housing over there has gone up so much. It's really created an affordability issue for most people. And we could see that a lot of, um, there was a lot of need for some affordable rentals in the area. And, but of course we didn't want to provide like a junky place. Um, but we thought, okay, well, there's gotta be another process or, or way or, or setup that we can make this be a win-win where, you know, we can provide a nice place to live and keep the affordability down for them, but still make, you know, the money that we need. And that was, that was the co-living kind of design. It was crazy. I mean, we were able to, I mean, even people were like, wow, like how is this only this much? Like they were renting out individual rooms. Yes, it's a shared, we created like a shared double kitchen. We expanded it out a little bit. Um, but, and it was like nine people lived there and they all had their own bathrooms except for a couple had to share and we dropped the rent for the hose. But like, and we, we as landlords, you know, we were covering all the utilities, everything, and they just paid us a flat rent fee every month that would include all of that. And we were able to make it way less, you know, much more affordable than any other place there. And yes, while they had to be in a shared space, so, you know, that's the, that's the thing that they were kind of sacrificing a little bit of a shared space. Um, they were able to get an affordable rent, you know, with it all built in compared to any other place. And it was really nice. It wasn't like a junky place. It was, you know, nice fresh paint, nice countertops, nice floor, like all that stuff. Everything was, was good. So, um, we did that. And the, again, the benefit for us was we then were able to cash flow higher than most properties than you would have. Um, and then we even converted a few, that's even when we started to dabble into, um, midterm and kind of short-term rentals. Midterms is like monthly rentals. And so at the time, again, that was, um, a little bit post COVID, but there was still a lot of need in that area for nurses and 
So we thought, well, maybe we can convert a few of these into furnace rentals, make even more money, have a nice place, but still affordable for the nurses. So we did that and it was fantastic. Like we had three that we eventually converted and those nurses would come in for a few months at a time or working professionals. They always had great things to say, loved it. And it was again, creating a win-win out of the need, like looking at the need in the community or need around us and saying, how can we make this um, and meet this need and make it be a win for us as well? So it's finding those win-wins. Which is so interesting. I love that you're um, diversifying into so many different types of properties. And I guess, so two questions. First, sure. um, how... How are you? How do you find your properties? What is your? Do you have a certain place you look? Things you look for? Because when you, it's interesting to me that you you have one kind, but then you end up with a different kind next. Does that make sense? Right. Well, I think over time it can kind of change. So I mean, now you know. So at that time, that was. Um, yeah, it was a mix between long-term and then we started doing some of those midterm and kind of short-term renting it here and there. Um, and we, but then we did end up moving from Idaho to Texas about a year ago. And in this area of Texas, we just saw that it had a better short-term and like corporate midterm type of rental Um Long-term still can work, um, but it's much harder, especially with the interest rate being higher now. So we decided to transition to that as well as because I really enjoyed once we went into the midterm, like helping nurses and, you know, having a few of those as short-term rentals here and there. I realized how much I really enjoyed that space. We enjoyed the communication with the tenants better. I enjoyed having those furnished and, um, I enjoyed having extra cash flow too. It was a little bit nicer, but all in all, we just enjoyed that experience. I I enjoyed the hospitality space a little bit more. So, you know, while we did have our long-terms and we still have some long-term rentals, we we still have them. Um, But we did decide, you know, moving forward now that we've dabbled into some of these other investment assets is what they like asset types um, because there's all different types of real estate you can pursue. We started to see how we enjoyed the short term and kind of a midterm like furnished rental space better than even our long terms. And so when we moved to Texas, it was like, okay, here's this market. I think this is the better market for this type of rental. And so sure enough, we started searching, we were looking, we ended up selling actually that super large, you know, property that was like co-living and all that. We, we sold that um, and wanted to reinvest it into properties close by. Plus the other reason we sold it was, I'll be up to this, a property like that is a little more high touch, meaning you need to be, you either need to have a stellar property management company that can understand the variabilities with that kind of property and the the issues that can come, like it, it's almost like there, there's this, envi- like you're creating a very interesting environment because it's it's, it's shared. Right. And so you have to be very intentional about who you pick and make sure that people work, work well together. Right. Because we had a few of those issues, right, where people were not super great. And, you know, we had to eventually um, have them move on. (laughs) Um, And it was like it's one of those kind of properties. It was just high touch. So we didn't want to be gone. Like when we were moving to Idaho or sorry, to Texas, we're like, okay, I don't think we can. I don't really want to own this one from afar. I feel like this is going to be too hard, too much. 
I think we can also, we were, we made so much money through the equity of that hall or that one, that property gotcha. because it was acting like commercial at that point. And with commercial, it's a little different. Like the value of commercial is much different than the value of residential. When it goes into commercial, it's more about the rents, like your overall rent. Um, and then there's like a value that they put in, which is called like a cap rate. And again, I know this is probably like, well, what is she talking about? But in general, what it is, is like they put this value and it's based on that, those rents. And trust me, like those, if you get those up, it can increase the value, like double, triple what a like what it would be residential. So, so residential, like they, what they do is with residential, like if you were to sell your house, what they do is they look at comparable properties in your area, you know, square footage, all like they take those comparables. Whereas commercial, it's totally different. They don't take comparable properties. They just take, all right, what are your rents? What's the net cash flow? And um, let's put the, what's called a cap rate, which is like kind of a percentage calculator based off of other types of assets in that area. And that increased it so much that we were like, okay, it makes more sense now to sell it, take the funds and put it into something else. So we did that. And that's where you leverage. And so we, you know, you start out small and then you start going into bigger and bigger deals and bigger properties and bigger cash flow. So we did that. We reinvested, um, bought a few more properties here. Um, it kind of just, you know, exploded last year with, <laughs> with, with what we to Texas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, it, it seems, let me pause just a second. So go for it. It's like your, um, like the, you, your path and, and totally, you know, correct me if I'm wrong or you're, you're absolutely following where it's leading you, which I love, but also it's like, you're getting to know the market surrounding you. Is that yes. where, cause I feel like a lot of people you talk to, they want to do it or, but they're, they're paralyzed. They don't know where to start, yes. what to do. Do I start right next to me? Do I not? If I'm into, yep. into midterms, but I don't know if my area is. Because I like what you said about liking the space. Because I'll be honest, when I research a lot of this stuff, it's the space that I feel like, well, I'd want to be in that space and make people feel good yep. or happy. I don't want to deal with that. You know, that's not really me kind of thing. But then I think mm -hmm. that's not where I am. So where do I go to do that? So where, Yep. you know what I mean? So what, what do you tell the people that are like, well, where do I start? I'm into right. And I think- or if someone says to you, I'm interested in midterms, but I don't know what area to go to or. Right. Yeah. So first and foremost, I would say, you know, if you can start more locally, like within a three hour driving distance, okay. that is most ideal. I think it's a good tip. Hands on experience or having the ability to be close enough to where you could go interview and check out a cleaner if you're setting up a furnished rental or, you know. Um, just understanding again, the area or being like within a two to three hour driving distance, I think is really key. Um, the, the benefit of that is, you know, the area is a little bit better than probably most, or you can still do out of state. I would highly recommend though, again, you do something out of state where either you have somebody that you know, like, do you have an aunt and uncle that live there? Or, you know, is there a friend or is it somewhere you vacation to several times? Um, having a little bit of that know-how is really important. Um, the reason I say that is because we do have investment properties in different states. And one in particular is we have one in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a long, or yeah, those are long-term rentals. It's it's a duplex. 
And I just knew like, oh, I heard it was a great area. I went and flew there once to look at the area. And then, you know, several months later, I purchased, you know, a property there. And I will be honest, it's been a little, it's been a lot more difficult with that one because I, I literally knew nobody. So like I knew nobody there. Um, you know, vetting out people has been a challenge. And so uh, it's just been more challenging than say the ones where I either had lived in or I had people or somebody at least that I, I could, you know, understand or know, or even the area itself I knew better. Um, you're always going to have a little more of an upper hand in that front. Uh, and then you just, you know, you start, start small, uh, if you want, or, um, I mean, if you have the ability to go bigger, you know, sooner you can, they totally do that, but, uh, just start small, try it out and see which, you know, see where it comes from there. And it's okay to change. It's okay. It's okay to pivot. Like we pivoted multiple times in our real estate, you know, journey when it comes to, you know, we started with long terms and we were doing this co-living thing. We thought that was going to be the thing we we're going to hone in on. And then we're like, no, I don't know if it's like really this. And then we like the furniture rentals. We're like, oh, I like this. And then now it's like short terms. And now we're like, oh, we really like this. And so you might morph and change a few things and that's okay. But in general, you're still going to learn so many skills right. that are going to roll over into the next one still. Like, it's not like you're going to have skills that don't cross over at, at all right into the other spaces like I still utilize a lot of things I've learned through long terms into my midterms and short-term rental spaces so yeah I love that point of all of that um and and back so midterm and then you've gone to short term with the with the midterm where did you and how did you learn the nursing connection because I have heard of that before too the nursing yeah. or the corporate like how did you co come upon that connection so I, I just started exploring the needs in different areas and that's it. Like you look for where is there a need, is there high demand and you work to fill it. That is it. It is supply and demand. It is good old economics 101. <laughs> right. You know, which is right. It's and doing the research to find that info is just, you just got to get online and you Google stuff. You, know, you Google news, you Google like, um, different articles you talk to maybe give a couple calls to hospitals see what it is you, you start even looking at if you want to do furnished rentals you know look at like Airbnb put on the monthly rental rate and see what people are renting their monthly rentals for and double check and make sure that it, it's a it's the right number that you think it is um, you just yeah that's what you do you start figuring it out we we started doing it actually even for our first rental um, before we even put an offer in, so I don't know if this is good or bad. I don't know. It's not a big deal, but we, I mean, at that time we were like, well, not that like, I don't like Craigslist at all, but I threw it out there. I was like, well, I know there's a lot, if there's any interest in this as a rental, let me just throw it on Craigslist. I didn't even own that yet, but I just, I didn't even put pictures, but I didn't even put the address. I just said, you know, a couple details. As far as like square footage, number of bedrooms, what would be, and I put a rent out and then I just said, okay, and I just put it out there and just was like, okay, I will see how many responses I get. And sure enough, if you're getting a lot of responses, I'd say at least five or six in the first 24 hours, you're like, okay, there is a need there. There are enough people that are interested. If it's crickets for like a week, either you're too high or the demand is not enough. So you can really test out even before you yeah, that's decide to move forward. Yeah, to make sure that it's actually going to work out. 
So then when you analyze your deals, do you have, um, like, is there software programs? Do, have you created your own? Because I know you have your coaching business, which I definitely want to touch on before we finish. But Don't worry. Where do you go in terms of analyzing the deal as to is this a good deal or not? So that's a combination of different resources, just literally, like I said, in Google, trying to find out what is the... Um, you know, business job growth looking like in that area? What are rent rates? Um, I also, when it comes to short-term rentals, there are some short-term rental kind of calculators out there that can help give you an idea of what the demand is. One's called Rabu. It's R-A-B-B-U. And the other one is AirDNA, like DNA.com. And um, there's a few other ones as well. And you can kind of give an get an idea of whether or not this area is you know, good for short-term rentals or what the rates are. Um, I will say those tend to be, I think, a little on the lower side. They don't always take into account, um, a lot of times they'll, they'll take into account just the Airbnb bookings and not Verbo or booking.com or the additional ones. And so it might be a little bit higher. Plus, again, if you have experience in the area, like you, you know, if, if you're closer to that area and you kind of can see and sense what that demand is or, um, you know, if it's a growing area, which can be really helpful for equity reasons or, you know, future equity growth. Um, those are things that are not always things that you'll find on Google. That's why sometimes having a hands-on approach or understanding your market a little bit like personally is is a really good idea. But yeah, there's tons of softwares. I have everything. So much of it is automated. So when it comes to the short terms or even long terms, I have automated payments for every single person, even all my long terms. Um, you know, they can do maintenance requests through there. Um, again, some of these things you can completely hire out with your own property management or with your with a property manager as well. I just tend to do things all in-house. <laughs> so I figure it out and I just set up the systems and I figure as long as I have a couple rentals, it makes sense for me to just um, set it up myself. And I tend to be a little bit more of the type of person who's not afraid to figure those things out. If you're like that, yeah, it's overwhelming, I can't do it. Then yeah, get yourself a property manager. It's okay. You know, double check, make sure the fees, you can pay those and then away you go. Yeah. So I like that though. So with analyzing a property from what I just gathered from what you said, it's not just about the property. You got to oh, yeah, no. market, which is so important. Yeah. I think there's calculators out there, by the way, like I never go into a property without doing it. It's a math game. It really is. And you don't have to be good at it too. Like it, you don't have to be good at math. <laughs> you just, you just have to know where to find the numbers and put them all into the spreadsheet that, um, I mean, I have my own customizable one that I've created over the years because I just, I wanted certain things. And um, so I do that and I, I give that to all my coaching people. Anybody who signs up for coaching, I walk them through that too. And then they get at the end. And so it's great. Uh, but there's bigger pockets also has some rental calculators. Um, there's other resources as well out there. But you just, you put in the numbers and then you see if it works. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't cash flow, like after all the things are in, all the expenses that you put in, then that's not a good deal. And then you right. either pass or you have to be like, okay, how can I make this a good deal? What is the price I need to pay to actually make this work? And sometimes you have literally no way. Like I, I just had a property I looked at. It was a townhouse um, in our area on the water, on the lake um, that we live by here. And the guy said that, you know, he owns it outright. He could even do what's called seller financing, which is where I make payments to him, you know, and all through title too is legal, all that kind of stuff, but um, payments to him. And so he acts like he's the, um, 
the mortgage or the lender. And I put in like a 0% interest at his price, price point and all, and I couldn't make it even work at 0% interest. <laughs> then you're like, well, I don't think this is going to work. Right. So, and for, for that reason, you know, sometimes you have to pass. Most of the time you can figure out some way to make it work. Um, as far as if, if it's down to a price, like lower, lowering the price, but most people don't want to lower the price or, you know, if it's not been on the market long enough, they don't try to do that. But yeah, put in the numbers, see if it works. That way you really, it's not a huge risk, right? Like you better not be getting into things that you're like, I think it works. It's like, no, I can see this works. I have cushion. I have 5% for reserves, 5% for um, property or like 10% for top property management, like all those things. If you put them all in and you calculate it all and it still comes out with a positive number that is a decent enough positive number you want, at least for long-term rentals, at least an extra 300 to $500 a month, I, I would say. Um, short terms, I always look at things that have, you know, $2,000 a month or more. Uh, midterms, I usually try to do at least 800 and up a month, like cash flow. So those are just, again, those are my guidelines because I like to be more conservative. I don't like to keep it tight. But let me just tell you, the very first one I got into, it wasn't, I didn't do a good job. Like, I mean, I'd still work. Thank goodness. It still was fine. When we sold it, we doubled our money. Um, so it all worked out, but you know, you don't want to be so tight where if something like, I don't know, like the water heater breaks and you have to go pay like $1,500 for that. Like how long is that going to take you to make up after like if you're only making a hundred dollars a month and that costs it, that's going to take you 15 months until, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, Till you get that back. So you got to really be careful um, and make sure you have the reserves in place. Great tips. And your and your coaching business, I'm guessing, do people come to you? Um, I'm guessing all walks of where they are in their journey. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm brand new. Help me. Some are. Yeah. This is, okay. Great. Yeah. Um, From people that are brand, brand new and they're like, I don't know where to start. And I help give them like, okay, like these are the books you should read. This is the stuff you should start learning. You should start analyzing this market then. If that's kind of your interest or whatnot, um, some people are like, you know, um, they really sometimes just need somebody else to tell them, okay, based on what the questions I've asked that person, like really you're answering your own question. You just, I'm the one that's just sifting through it. It's like a, I'm like a sifter for people. I sift through all of it. I ask them a million questions and then through the end of it, I'm like, okay, so what I'm hearing is this is what's most important to you. These are the strengths that you might have. This is the amount of budget you have. Like, so based off of all these things, I think this is the best path for you to go on. And these would be your next steps. And yeah. And then it's up to them if they decide to, you know, take that next step. That's great. Um, sometimes I have a lot of like some people actually, there's one gal I've been coaching over the past year and we just keep like, you know, she'll just get on another coaching when she's on like the next step. And, you know, at one point it was, just figuring things out, right? The next step was like, okay, lenders, like, how do we figure that out? And then we went into the market and then it was like, okay, she got one and now she's setting it up as a midterm. Like, how do you set it up? So I went through that with her. So, you know, and now she's already at the place where, I mean, she has a renter and she, it's just great. Like it's oh, fun to study that process kind of come to fruition. But yeah, I, I will be having additional resources where I'm not going to just be doing one-on-one -on -one coaching because, um, I keep that very limited, to be honest, because I'm just mindful of my time, but I want to help. Uh, but I will be having additional, like kind of a plug and play resource um, 
like a course in some ways, you know, with additional downloads and resources. But I do have some free stuff as well um, that I can, you know, send people that. As yes, well. I did download your free guide, one oh, of them, cool. which was great. Wonderful. Um, so first thing, first thing, when, when do you know when the plug and play or when's your projected timeline for that? That's something you're working on now because that's, yeah, I, I figured coaching was limited, which good for you. We should yes. be mindful of our time. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, that is going to be my goal and my hope is to have it ready by the end of this month. So wonderful. Um, I'm excited. Four weeks. Yes. That's so cool. where can people find you so they could get the free guide, keep up on that? Like, yeah, Instagram is my favorite place. It's Rachel C. Swanson, S-W-A-N-S-O-N um, on Instagram. And then you can click my link and it has all my uh, links available as far as like the downloads and coaching. Um, but yeah, in the future, you know, I can't guarantee that I'll always have um, coaching available. Uh, but I've wanted to help people and want to get them you know, started. And so that's just a an extra way I can just give people the insight that they need. Sometimes you just Which need somebody great. to kind of literally just face-to-face -face walk your hand or hold your hand through those first initial steps, which are always so scary and know that you're going to be making the wise decisions. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. And then they get to learn it themselves and probably build their confidence so that they can keep moving forward. But to have that, so that's a great resource. Totally. And I feel like I know I want to be mindful of your time today as well. So I know I'm going to wrap this, all of that, um, ways to find you, I will put in the show notes as well. Um, and is there, we kind of paused in your journey there before we wrap yeah, up. Let's there. wrap that up a little yeah, bit. Uh, so with that all said, you know, we moved to Texas and, um, we purchased some short-term rentals here as well as, uh, you know, one that's like five and a half hours away. And again, you know, I, I, I think it's one of those, when you start to analyze enough properties, you start to know what to look for. And when this one, there was this one really gem of a property that's really changed so much for us. I mean, truly one short-term rental could easily replace your job, your income. I mean, we have one property right now that generates easy 6,000 a month cash flow net. Like that's just one, <laughs> you know? And like, just think if you have, yes, it's a short-term rental. And, uh, and we just, I mean, we got it for such an amazing day. It was one of those, it came up and I even put an offer before, you know, before even seeing it, before anybody else, like, I just like, I knew it. And I was like, that's the one. And I put it in because again, I had been doing so much research and looking the area for several months. And I knew at that point, I was like, even though it was more money and more of the budget than I initially was thinking I wanted to spend. But I just adjusted things on the other side because we were looking for three properties. I was like, you know what? This is going to be my my one I spend more money on. And I'm okay with that <laughs> um, because I knew that it had so much potential. And sure enough, it just um, did incredible. And we did kind of take a little bit, I guess, in a sense, a little bit of a risk or a jump because knowing uh, we were, we were going to buy that property and it needed some work. And again, my husband's super good at being hands-on. And before he's always balanced like work, his job and this. But it was really at that time we, we finally were like, there is a point where it was like, this job is just not a healthy place to be. And it is worth, you know, we, yeah. we had enough established that we were like, okay, I don't think we're going to be sinking if you quit. And actually, I think your time put into this property is going to be worth 
more than you staying in it and, you know, that sort of thing. So for us, it just made sense. We prayed about it and we're like, yes, this is it. So last March, March 2nd, I think was his last day at his corporate job. And he dove right into it with me, um, with this business. And then we launched it and that one just took off. Then we got another one and that took off. And it was just, you know, it's just been a snowball of a process, but to where now we're making over $10,000 a month. And I work a few hours a week to manage that. And that is it. Um, I have all my systems in place, but again, this was a three, four year process now. Right. Right. So it doesn't happen overnight. And I, and I love that you shared, you shared so much goodness of that. And I, and I want to wrap it up soon. Let me ask you one quick question, which with what you just said about the short-term midterm, because that's a big thing going on in this world where the terms are changing and restrictions and would you, where do you, where would you send people to check their area to say, like you said, you did your research for a few months and got to know an area, which I think is great. Um, but how do you know for sure that when you get that property, you'll be able to short-term rental or midterm or. Yep. So you just call the county in that area or the city, um, assessor or city tax assessor, whatever. Uh, you just call the city and, or the county and you call them and literally ask, okay, what are your restrictions for short-term rentals? Um, do you have to have permits? Like what's the setup? And they will tell you, because that is truly the most, the best way to do it because they will tell you that's exactly a hundred percent. Like you have to follow their guidelines because any, any other city, like each city is different, right. On their restrictions or what they allow. And so you just literally have to just go call the city. You just Google it like city, you know, assessors or city, you know, for property, like wherever people submit property taxes to information and you just give them a call. If you call the wrong person, they'll just tell them what you're trying to find and they'll send you to the next person. Like, you know, you just find that person and then they will tell you what is allowed and how to do it. Um, when we called the county in this, or our property, it was actually, even though it's like close to everything, it looks like it's in the city. Um, it's technically county. I called and there's like nothing like, Oh, we don't have any, nothing. You can do whatever you want. It's unrestricted. So we can do whatever we want. Um, the other one, um, is in a small HOA and in the city, but again, like they had no issues with furnished rent, uh, midterm rentals, by the way, those don't typically, those typically fall outside of your normal short-term rental requirements. And so if it's 30 days or more, most cities will allow you to do that without any additional permitting or anything like that. It's the short terms that are, you know, they tend to have a little bit extra, um, sometimes you have occupancy taxes, which is through the city so that they can get a little extra money, you know, obviously from it. Uh, so yeah, you just do that. And once you figure that out, you're, you know, just, you move forward and you, if you decide that it's, it's still worth it, you do it. Um, it's not a bad thing to still pursue a short-term rental, even if there's city regulations and ordinances. I mean, obviously there's some that have like completely banned it and you can't do that, but the ones that are, um, have some, you know, ordinances, it's not anything to be scared of or, or to run away from. It's just, you know, you just need to know what you need to know to set it up. Right. It's like any business. Like sometimes you need to have a business certificate and license to be able to do business in the city that you're in. Um, that's just part of the process. So just get it done and you can set it up and you're good to go. So, so most important, just do your research. It is. It's all about research. Yes. Yep. It really is. So Rachel, listen, I know you that we got to wrap this up, but I, I just want to say thank you. You've given us great 
great information and opened up your whole journey, which has been super helpful. And honestly, I might call you back at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to do a round two. Even Yes, that would be wonderful. So thank you for being here. Um, best of luck with your journey. And I'm excited. And I will continue following it because um, I love your Instagram feed and all that you're doing because you give great tips there. So, so thank I appreciate it. Yeah, I will. Thank <laughs> you.